Karate Kid goes bonsai, South Park sings, and Larry David is Woody Allen. This week on 30-20-10. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's look back 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back into the past of pop culture, movies, TV, video games, news, uh, trying to figure out, open up a little tiny portal to three decades that have passed during this very week. The week we're covering being June 28th through July 4th. I I have one of my favorite movies coming out here. This might be uh, this might be the worst, one of the worst times ever for television, uh, but I cannot wait to, to, uh, to show you our findings. These things that happened in our lives that you may not remember all happened at the same time. It'll help you reconfigure all of your memories. Thank you guys so much for listening. 302010. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm giant mechanical spider, Diana Goodman. <laughs> it's me, Sarah. And, oh, I cannot wait uh, to tell you more. <laughs> tell you more Sorry. all about all about 302010 this week. Again, Ju- June 28th to July 4th, 1989, 1999, and 2009. We're going to tell you everything important that was happening around that time. Uh, so, buckle in. To try and get you like fully ready for what we're about to do, welcome to 1989. Uh, grab a slap bracelet, make your hair a little higher, uh, and then Diane. I'm going to make Diana read this news because I don't want to read any of it. Uh, okay, well, it's, it's oddly timely. Uh, June 30th, 1989 was when Omar al Bashir led a coup and became president of Sudan, and he was ousted two months ago. Wow. P.S. He's facing charges of crime against humanity in Darfur. Oh, I, sh- I was going to say we should have had him on as a guest. Mm. What was it like? No, I'm- <laughs> mm, no, no. Um, yeah, he's a terrible person, and I-, I hope he robs in prison. But yeah, it's so weird when those things are. It's like I look at him, like, wait, wasn't he just in the news again? What? Oh shit, he just got ousted. He got so close to that 30th anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Cry more, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, let's um, let's bring it in some, with some lighter news with the movies of 1989, June 28th through July 4th. Batman is still number one at the box office, and rightfully so. If you heard us gush about uh, it last mm-hmm. week, uh, in addition to other movie joked like talked about last week, uh, because yes, you're right. You're not imagining it. This is a great time to be Matt Frewer. Uh, he's, he's in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Russell, Russell, Russell. Uh, and then he's also in Far From Home with Drew Barrymore, a movie I've never heard of. Uh, yeah, because it, it made something like $11,000. Um, oh. It doesn't sound like it's a good time for Matt Frewer because this is uh, him and his daughter, Drew Barrymore. Like They get stuck in a small town and then besieged by creeps. And uh, Drew was deep into her problems with addiction. Uh, she was writing a book about the time uh, around that time. And um, she's pretty sexualized, and she's 14. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Which becomes a theme <laughs> when we talk about our next movie. Trail. Didn't that work for her in Poison Ivy, though? But she wasn't 14. Mm. Okay, okay. I thought Matt Frewer... I love Matt Frewer so much. I, I it's, it's It's difficult yeah. to understand why. I guess he's when I was a little kid, he was Max Headroom. Mm. And uh, then he's in a great movie with Dabney Coleman called Short Time, which I think still isn't out on DVD, but sampled in a lot of rap albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's in Honey Drunk the Kids and this movie and then Shaky Ground, a fucking Fox sitcom that I really love for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, I, it's like one of those actors, like I, every time I see him, I get really excited. Oh, he's in Watchmen. He's dying of cancer. Yeah. That's <laughs> Matt Frewer. Uh, this is the movie. This is one of our buddies. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. We were talking about like, 
Like we were trying to, I was trying to organize and it, it never works. Mm-hmm. I always try and organize a good movie night. Everyone will show up to a bad movie night that you can ironically <laughs> make fun of. I'm like, yep. well, why don't we show each other the movies that we all really love and that like maybe other people haven't seen? And mm-hmm. I talked talk to our friend Kale about that. Mm-hmm. And Kale said, well, my favorite movie that most people haven't seen is Great Balls of Fire. And I was oh, like, I was like, bizarre. yeah, I was like, well, he's like super, you know, he's, he's a studied music. music. Guy, yeah. He studied music and Jerry Lee Lewis is a, a big deal to him. And mm-hmm. like, I just remember, I remember this poster so vividly because I was in the theater every week seeing everything but this movie. <laughs> but <laughs> Great Balls of Fire, bright yellow poster. Hmm. Uh, Dennis Quaid standing at a piano. Uh, I'm guessing getting married to Winona Ryder in the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, we have a theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, and Alec but Baldwin, but uh, but like Alec it, Baldwin is Jimmy Swaggart. Is he really? What? Yeah. But but like uh, I I don't know the music of Jerry Lee Lewis. I do not exalt him. I I nor would I be one of the sheriffs who like covered up the murder of his own wife. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's I don't even know that it happened recent enough to be discussed in this movie that he, he may have probably no, murdered movie, his wife. Yeah, that's uh, allegedly. But uh, this movie covers uh, the beginning of his career. Honestly, his whole story should be it's, it's just a massive miniseries. It, it's craziness. Yeah, he revitalized rock and roll and pop God. and then went country for decades and hmm. was huge hmm. in, 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 in both of those arenas. But like, yeah. kind of like, you can call him a sub-Elvis. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a big part of the movie. Is mm-hmm. Almost Elvis. A big part of the movie is that he comes into rock and roll just as Elvis is starting out. And it, it, it that kind of drives him of like, I want to be bigger than Elvis. You know, fuck Elvis. He just does boring stuff. I'm bigger and crazier than him. I'm more important. I'm more talented. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, he was really, really important to early rock and roll and bringing it to the masses. But he also had a fatal flaw, and his fatal flaw was he was fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis both carried guns, but Jerry Lee Lewis has used his. Has been noted. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis has used his. He tried to use it on Elvis. He yes. showed up Ooh. at Graceland once. Yes. Oh my god! Of... <laughs> to go kill Elvis in the seventies. Um. Yeah, yeah but this. Well, yeah, I mean, the trailer doesn't tell you all that much. Except no, because it's I like, think. It's about Jerry Lee Lewis. I think and... I think this movie is more for like our grandparents at this mm. point. Like they're, they're, they, it wants to exalt this hero of music, which yeah, he's like a truly problematic figure. You would the never make this type of movie. Only thing about. I know about him is that he married a child. Yes, like it was, it was also raises... related to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Which they don't get into in the trailer. They kind of hint that there is a bit of a something, and it's like if you are old enough, you know, and if you're not old enough, boy, are you going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll is the devil's music. That boy could get himself in a whole lot of trouble. You see this hand? It makes $5,000 a night. You see this one? It does too. I swear I will kill him. I shine like gold when I play that piano. And I'm saying I'll play my guts out. I 
might watch this tonight. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, it is actually a lot of fun. I, I've been watching it. Uh, I need to finish it most of the way through. Um, it does have some fun things like uh, they recreate his appearance on the Steve Allen show and Steve Allen is still around to play himself. <laughs> Yet another and, thing in and his bio. And they recreate it because part of his thing was, I mean, he's he's not a guitarist. He's a piano player. And mm-hmm. he would jump up and his bench would go flying while he's playing so fucking hard. And then Steve Allen, like, picked up the bench and threw it back at him. And so, like, there's furniture flying wow. through the scene. It just keeps there, like, I'm going to throw a chair. Ah! <laughs> it's like, if you watch the original clip, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> it's really fun. But uh, Dennis Quaid plays it pretty big because generally Lewis is very big animated it looks like sort the, of country the, ah. the most Dennis Quaid has ever acted yeah he's <laughs> really going for it big and crazy um but we get into the big scandal and the big scandal was uh when he was 22 he had already been married twice wow one mm. of them probably wasn't legal and then he married his first cousin once removed the daughter of a th- his own like bass player who's played by John Doe from X which is pretty cool um <laughs> and she was 13 Ooh. 13. Yikes. And now it adds to the weirdness because it's played by Winona Ryder, who's 18, and she's doing a really good job of being awkward in 13. But Dennis Quaid's 35, so it makes it, like, even worse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, so, he's I mean, it's 35? like 22. It's yeah. like if a 22-year-old married a 17-year-old, I'd be like, ew, but I get it. Mm-hmm. But also... 13 it's like it doesn't matter what age you are if you're 15 and marrying a 13 year old y'all shouldn't be getting married anyway mm-hmm. so it's weird but yeah so yeah i'm, I'm not cousin. i'm closer to 35 and I, if i start dating an 18 year old you psycho listener out there one of you have permission to kill me i don't ever want to be in that situation <laughs> <laughs> no just don't the, the, worry the, i will not let that happen i don't think an 18 year old would let that happen like <laughs> that's just, also they're, true they're so act- anachronistic yeah yeah. I've read the stories about this, and it does like ugh, it does humanize it a little. Just it grew up together. I don't know, it's so god awful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I go down that road. Whatever. It's, it's the weird. South. I mean, like it, the weird thing is, they stayed together for thirteen years. Yeah. Oh wow. So half her life until she was an age old twenty six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until she was a rotten thirty one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been married seven times total. Wow. Uh, and he's still with us at eighty three. Oh my gosh. Just, oh, I did actually think he was dead. Cool. Um, oh, no, he's not dead. Jerry Lee Lewis, I mean, one of the founders of rock and roll, or at least the popularizing of rock and roll with the, the white audience, you know, mm-hmm, taking mm-hmm. what they call N-word music, which they call it in the movie, and yes. bringing it to the people you, so you, we can fucking rock out. You will find out that Jerry Lee Lewis did make it a point to chase the white audience, like almost, mm-hmm. almost anywhere it went. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, it is a lot of fun. And then, just to keep the cousin thing going, yeah, J- his cousin is Jimmy Swagger, played by Alec Baldwin, and there's so much of the stuff about, like, God gave you the, your talent, and you're not giving it back to him. And he's like, I'm using it to make money because I love it. Woo, I'm a crazy eccentric motherfucker. Woo-hoo. And then, you know, lots of praying over the devil's music. and Oh, Lord. It's it's such a it's, wow. it's pretty fun. It's such a it's biz- weird to see Alec Baldwin be doing and, that. And, and every time I see this, one of these bizarre like stories of an older musician, like who are they're millionaires, beloved the world over, but are so upset they're not number one. Right, and it's like that's mm-hmm. a psychosis. Yeah, it's like it's it's so unimaginable. I think I think other other musicians could speak to it more. Like none of us want to be Taylor Swift. But if I if I could open for Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. that would be my life's dream because no one is allowed to be Taylor Swift other than her. Right. There's like only one number one person ever. Relax. If you can make money making music, relax. Mm-hmm. If you, yep. you own more than now, one home making music, relax. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, does does are there scenes that remind me of Walk Hard? Of course there are. <laughs> of oh, course there are. Now, I mean, Winona Ryder might be his child bride, but mm-hmm. unlike Kristen Wiig, does not want to build a house made of candy. So <laughs> I was a little let down. But it's uh, fun. It's it's not great, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Dennis Quaid is one of our greats. I feel like, I feel like he's yeah. underrated. He really yeah. is. Even though he yeah, he cheated on America's Sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> he's so over the top here. But that's what the character calls for, man. Right. Jerry Lee is a he's a crazy person. Well, yeah, Dennis Quaid, I would call like not a movie star because he doesn't ever seem to. What has he ever done that looks like it was hard to do? <laughs> Other than I mean, that, that is a good point. He's like he's like he's just a guy. Yeah, and everything he everything he's just he does. A guy trying usually not too emotional. Being broods like, a lot. Yeah, like being hassled in some way, or putting up with something, mm-hmm. or putting something out of you know, like putting a fire. Martin out Short being inside him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just wanted to say that being uh, the dad to Lindsay Lohan <laughs> in the Parent Trap. Yeah. Yes, I'm talking about for the second week yeah. in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's a I love a, a week long callback. Uh, but it, well, how about a two week long callback? Because it's mm-hmm. it's very weird. Like I had my love for Karate Kid rekindled uh, thanks to Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. and not yeah. great, but like transfixing show on YouTube. Uh, YouTube's it's, seemingly failed experiment. So, so much better than it ever deserves to be. Yeah, it, it, it like because it starts out like it's a movie about the bad guy in karate kid who played a bad guy and just one of the guys and like another eight he was always the asshole jock blonde fuckwit mm-hmm. with par- parents with a lot of money and the, and the cobra kai like uh ralph macchio why am i daniel's son is in the movie or in the show but it centers on the bad guy hmm. and it gives you a sympathy for him and then he gets even worse <laughs> and, he, he, and, and so like it's fascinating and and i, I again i didn't we talked about that with Ghostbusters a little bit. I think I saw Karate Kid as a kid, but like I sort of grew up in the Karate Kid Two era. I saw that a ton, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and I didn't. I rediscovered Karate Kid recently within the last five to ten years. It's a fantastic Christmas movie. That's one of the ones I've never seen. <laughs> it's re- like it, the like, same way Rocky is good. Karate Kid is really good, and I, okay. people give Ralph Macchio shit, but it's like everyone else seems like they're acting in a different era than mm. Ralph Macchio. He is. Unbelievably charming in that in that fucking movie. Hmm. It's it's Karate Kid mm-hmm. One is really good, and it just I find it. And then in the, when I'm a teenager in HBO, the Hillary Swank next Karate Kid aired like every that other minute. That is the one I've seen. Yeah, and so oh. this one, Karate Kid Three, I have seen once. Oh. I have vivid memories of every other aspect of Karate Kid, even the even the remake. I think I've seen more than once. Uh, the the Jaden Smith one. Oh right, right, right. With Jackie mm-hmm. Chan doing uh, yep. Hong Kong Karate. And <laughs> also known as Kung Fu. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Karate Kid 3 is, is a movie with uh, basically no fans that everyone wants to pretend doesn't exist, including the director, John G. Abelson, who, P.S., directed Rocky. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's even said, like, yeah, no, it's just kind of like a bad remake of the first one. It has nothing really good going for it. I don't really know why we made it. It's, mm. it's truly, truly bizarre. It just seems like a very weird episode of the... the <laughs> The Karate Kid TV show that's been playing in our heads for 30 years. Hmm. And I, I, I'm curious to go back and revisit it, but all I can remember is bonsai trees. And it all centers right. around bonsai trees. Uh, here's a little bit of that trailer. If karate used karate means something. The first was a fight for his teacher. The second was a fight for his honor. Now he must face his greatest challenge. The karate jump. What a 
watch it. Part three, the legend lives on. Rated PG. Oh, but it's got Teen Witch in it. <laughs> yep, it's got Teen Witch in it. And probably a probably. new song by Stan Bush, judging by that soundtrack. But uh, <laughs> I do I do love its brazenness. Karate Kid will always be the owner of putting the word part in your movie. Ah, Hangover 2, yeah. I remember like Todd Phillips, like, no, we wanted to bring that back. To have the word parts in your logo. Yeah. Part 3. But uh, yeah, Cobra Kai, it's not great, but it's interesting. Okay. Uh, check that out instead. But obviously this yeah. probably this sweeps the nation for at least a week. Uh, Karate no. Kid Part 3. It doesn't do as well as either the other two, and everyone just sort of forgets about it because it's about like a new bad guy who's a friend of John Kreese, the guy who ran the Cobra Kai thing before, and then you know, he's got, he hires, you know, an, another mean kid to go beat up on Danielson. And I think they bulldoze his apartment building. Rude. And then, uh, and then he helps Mr. Miyagi open a, a store for bonsai trees. And then they fight <laughs> some more. And a bonsai dojo. It's just, it's just yeah, it teaches the bonsai trees to fight each other. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, uh, it's just bleh. We, I, I touched upon that a little last week. It's just that, like, I think, and I, I can't articulate this very well. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not a YouTube movie person. I haven't thought that much about this. But Batman, Batman felt sort of like the dawn of the '90s, mm-hmm. and Karate mm. Kid is left over from the '80s. Like, uh, they don't even seem like. Yeah. If you think about it, they don't think you don't. They don't feel like they're from the same fucking era. It's true. Uh, but they came out within a week of each other. Batman and a Karate Kid movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, moving on to even even worse. This is so, the TV was so bad. I oh struggled God. to find anything, in in the best I could come up with. This is all bad because we we again we we do preface that during the summer, especially in the eighties, there's three channels. Almost everyone goes on break or hiatus, mm-hmm. and the seasons start again in August or September. And you just get wall to wall garbage or compilation shows reruns. Uh, and on July second. A series there's almost no information in the world on. But we've talked about that before. They would just air the circus <laughs> sometimes yeah. in the 80s. People loved yep. the circus, something that I am glad to see dead and gone. What, what I, did, what I didn't <laughs> I know. I'm okay it, with that. It, it is bizarre. Like It is bizarre that like if I ever watch Dumbo, even the new one with my kids that don't exist yet, I'm going to have to like, what is a circus? And like... I can't believe I have to explain that. Yeah, but uh, but bizarre. I also can't believe I lived in a town where like the animals would parade in to try and get people into a tent, yeah. or the civic center. And <laughs> imagine Cirque du Soleil, except for less French, more animal and cruelty, with more animal cruelty, <laughs> and cotton candy, and cotton candy, and and but and non scary clowns. Entertainment Tonight's Mary Hart hosted a show called Great Circuses of the World. Oh, boy. So it was all... Okay. Here you go. Here's, here's a, a fucking 11-second promo. Hi, I'm Mary Hart. Join me for the best in big tops when we present highlights from Brazil, Germany, and Luxembourg on... Great Circuses of the World, Sunday. I, I, Luxembourg? I, Germany I, and Luxembourg? And Luxembourg. Wow. wow. Those are two totally distinct flavors. Yeah. And Luxembourg, a country you can basically walk across in a day. <laughs> but it's... It is, no shade. I've been to Luxembourg and it was lovely. Anyway. Re- wow, really? How would you know? It feels like driving through a small town. I, but uh, <laughs> uh, I do love... You know, most most uh, entertainment people view at least the audience as xenophobic, mm-hmm. but there's something about the circus. Like it can be from any culture, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have any dialogue, and can be entertaining in any language. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I think that's that's a that's a little neat. That I mean, in this promo, they showed like an acrobatic like scene. Mm-hmm. Cool, great. Mm-hmm. 
Then a man standing on a horse who then falls off because the horse is like, eh, fuck you, get off of me. And his pants, and his fall, pants down. fall down. <laughs> and then another scene where it looks like a cat, like a kiki cat runs by a man and he falls butt first into a trash can. So I don't really, I don't know that I do get circuses in every language. Well, maybe, maybe, and to their credit, they have clowns, but they don't dress up in horrifying makeup that'll yeah. haunt children's nightmares forever. Maybe that's how they do it in Brazil. I don't know. But Great Circus of the World is a show that existed for like a year. Uh, what? Yeah, that Mary Hart hosted. I think it was just yeah. it aired when they had nothing else. Speaking of having nothing else, we have nothing else to talk about. So I had to dig up. <laughs> A Capital Fourth, the annual airing Yay. of PBS's free concert on the lawn in Washington, D.C. Wow. Uh, this time hosted by E.G. Marshall. <laughs> Who? Okay. I know. Everyone's craggy looking actor. Yeah. Okay. He died he in 1998. Played, you know, he played a lot of judges, angry dads. Gotcha. He, he's in 12 Angry Men. He's, yeah. in, he's in 12. That's the only thing I knew that I'd seen that with him in it. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, he's famous. Wikipedia is like, he's famous for, and it was just like, you know, you ever count, we do this job, sorry, so maybe you don't encounter just the name of a cop show that you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. like the Broker. Yeah. Or, or, or Danglage. Danglage. Or like just the name of some, like some name, like, and like, he's famous for this. Like, I have never fucking heard of that. My job is to have heard that of things like this. That means he's not famous for it. <laughs> he had a fucking publicity shot there and everything. Uh, but with music uh, by Henry Mancini. Hmm. So hey. that's kind of neat. But, the, but yeah, that is absolutely it for television. Uh, a video game that came out, as far as I can tell, in July, so I'm throwing it in here, uh, is one of my favorites. If you've been listening to me in an awful video game podcast I've been doing for over 10 years at this point, uh, over 11 years, I you've, you've heard me sing the praises of a little video game called Cobra Triangle. Ooh. The lost okay. art of the isometric NES racing game. You couldn't really get... It was hard to get a... a a fake camera behind a car so you'd usually get like a camera overhead and you can, it's sort of like watching a car go through a mousetrap maze that's how a lot of racing games were and RC Pro-Am is a great one of the greatest there's not a lot of great racing games on the uh, NES RC Pro-Am's kind of hit really good so Rare now owned by Microsoft you can get this in the Rare Replay Collection made something like RC Pro-Am with a boat so you're a boat Ooh. it has a Gradius oh. style weapon up system so you could have missiles you could get the missiles to where they home there are dragon bosses there are missions where you have to like uh, save men and bring save, like grab men in the boat and save them and bring them into a safe area mm-hmm. there are races there are mazes there are ramps every level is different I think it's one of the, um, the most underrated NES games of all time. I love the game. It's it's really fucking hard, and I've never come close to beating it, but there's just a lot to love about it. Mm-hmm. And every time you're sick of something, like the level complete, the goal completely changes. And all the while, you're like adding new weapons and leveling yourself up and getting faster. But yeah, you're just this cute little I'm boat. Little, I'm a little disappointed to hear you don't play as a Cobra. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, there's no Cobra. There's not even a triangle. Mm-hmm. What? There's not no. even, no, not even a, and that not shape even a doesn't sail? exist. No, it's it's bits. There's no polygons yet. Uh, <laughs> that is it for video games. So let's let's take us to the music as we exit 1989. We got new releases uh, from Hoodoo Gurus with Magnum Come Louder. What? Oh, that oh joke's my hilarious. god, so good. Uh, Ghetto Music, the blueprint of hip hop by KRS One, and uh, okay. Bulletproof Art by Grace Jones. Her last studio album until 2008. Wow. But I love Grace Jones. Yeah, I love Millie like- Vanilli. 
<laughs> she, she, no, Grace Jones's job is to be artistic and weird, and yeah. she does that in whatever format she feels like it. Yeah. And I wish that were my job. I always thought she was like, uh, she was Lady David Bowie. Yes. And yeah, for real. Constantly like reinventing herself and making weird costumes and music to match mm-hmm. every single time. But <laughs> hard pivot into Millie Vanilli, which is number one this week, and we'll close out <gasps> with bump, 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 bump. Their only other hit, as far as I know, "Baby, Don't Forget My Number," a lesser hit, but one yep. you couldn't forget if you were alive. Let's, take, let's have Millie Vanilli take us out of 1989. But when we get back, it's time for 1999 and one of my favorite animated movies of the entire decade. <laughs> You 30, 2010ers who have been listening to us throughout the last decade, as I teeter at the edge of 40, I think I'm proof that not everything gets better when you're older. In fact, 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. It's true. And there's too many stupid things guys like me turn to to deal with ED. Expensive pills, injections where you would never want an injection, snake oil pills, but hey, you don't have to do any of that because of hymns. And right now, you listeners can try out a month of hymns for just five bucks by going to forhims.com slash TTT. Hymns is a one stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. What they do is connect you to real licensed doctors and FDA approved pharmaceutical products that treat things like ED. These are real generic prescriptions backed by science and now more affordable than ever. And yes, no painful injections like other treatments. It's really easy. Just go to the website and answer a couple questions about your medical history and chat with a doctor for confidential review. And this is my favorite part. If you're approved, the products just ship to your door. No doctor visits, no pharmacy wait lines. It's glorious. And it's the simplest way to improve your performance in the bedroom. (laughs) And I love saying this. It's erectile without the dysfunction. It's hard made easy. So say hello to your little friend. That's a new one from Hims. So try Hims for a month today for just $5. We can get you started for just five bucks while supplies last. Of course, prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Just see the full website for details and safety information. Remember, this could cost you hundreds if you went in person to a doctor's office or a pharmacy. Instead, go to hymns.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. Once again, to get your first month of hymns for five bucks, go to go to forhymns.com slash TTT. Albuquerque, which after a little online debate, uh, we chose to represent Weird Al's Running With Scissors. Over the saga begins, even though most of you had heard that song, but who, who wants to hear a seven-minute song about the Phantom Menace? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> oh. uh, I also debated truck driving song, which I play every time I go on a road trip, um, but I realized, you know, I actually debated in my head, is this offensive to trans people? And I realized, well, it's not about a trans woman or a trans man even it's it's about a gender non-conforming truck driver 
And if, it, yep. it's, if it's offensive, I'm sure Weird Al will be the first man to apologize. True. Probably invite you on stage for his yeah. tour. Very nice well, man. it's really hard when your diamond rhinestone pumps uh, slip off the mother loving clutch. So you know, <laughs> it happens to me all the time. We've all been there. We truly have. See, this is, this is why he sticks to writing about songs about food. Can never go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, um, it also has really good uh, "One Week" by the Bare Naked Ladies uh, parody. Oh, what, what is that one? It's about Jerry Springer. All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Weird Al, the most significant new release this week, if not for Sticks, is "Brave New World," which is out. Um, in the 80s are officially over 1999. Electric Honey by Les Jackson. It's an album I like. Uh, no Mercy, No Remorse by RBX. And Slipknot's debut. Uh, how about that? If You Had My Love by Jennifer Love. Did it again. Oh my God. I did it again. <laughs> if You Had My Lopez by Jennifer Love Hewitt is still number one. Uh, still makes you laugh. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing it every single week. I'm going to black eyed peas boom boom pow this shit uh, for the next six no. months. Yes. Oh, no. But it's 1999, uh, June 28th through the July July 4th. And we have kind of a, a bunch of news yeah. like uh, yeah. that I found in this window of time. First, on July 1st, uh, Scottish Parliament opens for the first time in 300 years. Mm. I'll yep. let Diane explain. Turns out the, the Welsh beat them to it. We had that a little while ago about I remember. British devolution where they start having uh, the formerly independent countries can now have regional parliaments that deal with their regional scottish issues and now uh, scotland's got one again hmm. yay scotland yay scotland they're Look. gonna start issuing a bunch of one pound notes just to fuck with everybody <laughs> that's a really specific joke <laughs> and uh, uh my favorite kind we, we did a later time episode about this news item that i i, I meant to look up more information because this is complicated my my dad a, a florida lawyer actually said when sarah sarah and sam and i did a laser time all about um smoking mm-hmm and the prevalence of cigarettes, how cigarettes pretty much created television and radio, or at least financed it uh, throughout most of the 1950s, to where we are now, where it's illegal everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Florida, for all its for all its faults, uh, was very pivotal in the cigarette laws we have now. Right. And huh. part of that happens right now, on July, uh, uh, July 1st, 1999, a Florida jury finds cigarette makers liable for their illnesses, the illnesses they cause. Mm-hmm. And oh, my. It's huge. Uh, it, it is huge. Uh, it, it, I think one of our local attorneys in town was mm-hmm. one of the attorneys on this case. I, I believe Mississippi, according to my dad, Mississippi did something like this first. But mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing his story. We talk more about it in that episode of Laser Time. But because um, this made Republicans really mad. Because at the last second, this kind of meaningless bill, like I think the way the analogy I heard was like, you know, if a, if you're wearing a construction hat and it breaks when you're hit by something, that construction company should be liable for your uh, for your damage and your medical bills. Like they're responsible for you being hurt. Uh, and like, yeah, we should pass that bill through. That if you use a product and the product does something it's not promised to do and mm-hmm. then hurts you, you mm-hmm. should be liable for that. And then some woman at the very last second in uh, in Tallahassee snuck in. Also, cigarettes. <laughs> and everybody Ooh. was so mad. And like, but there was nothing they could do because they all wanted to close down session. Uh, the, the, trust me, the right was protecting cigarette companies, and they were not happy this happened. Mm-hmm. But it made it made cigarettes companies responsible for the damage they create, like any other product. Uh, and and now, I mean, why not? The, the price you pay yeah. for cigarettes, you are paying for. I think future future health benefits for for yourself as a smoker. Yeah. you are literally mm-hmm. buying your own insurance for what this product will eventually do to you. I say, smelling like cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, occasionally picking up a cigarette. Yes, yes. Yeah. But and, I look so cool when I do it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love it. I get to go away and be outside and away from work and computers. Mm-hmm. And on July 4th, uh, this is so much fun. 
Uh, Billy Mitchell achieves the first ever perfect score in Pac-Man. Wow. And, wow. But I can't confirm. Like, get some hot sauce. Well, Billy Mitchell, I, I should say, recently disgraced Billy Mitchell. <laughs> his yep. scores have been yep. wiped. His video game high scores have been uh, wiped. King of Kong guy, the mulleted, uh, ridiculous, just a ridiculous man. A ridiculous character, <laughs> for sure. He's the, he's the perfect meaningless villain. He's the guy Spider-Man beats up in the first issue of like a relaunch. Yeah. Billy Mitchell. <laughs> uh, b- just to establish what a hero is, you have villains like Billy Mitchell. Just low tier, just like kind of a bad manager at a restaurant. That's mm-hmm. all he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but he did he did do this because he did this in person. Uh, so yeah. he definitely did this and it's. I think there's even a game based off it now. Pac-Man 256 after Pac-Man's 256 level, the game doesn't end or get beaten. It just breaks. No. So yeah. if you remember, like in the kill screen coming up movie, yes, the movie King of Kong kill screen coming up, Pac Man kill screen. That's what they're talking about when you oh. when you reach the end of Pac Man, the game can't process anything more. Okay, it just glitches it out, just stops. So yeah, yeah, there's there's an iOS game that's wow. that's kind of fun that is about a glitching two hundred Pac Man two fifty six. It's about this. Billy Mitchell was the first man to see it uh, legitimately. I think it was a race between him and another Canadian. Uh, and very uninterestingly and very technically, Cable. Um, has officially out uh, outrated in the ratings a an American broadcast network for the first wow. time in history. Whoa. And I say very technically because uh, it was USA, which is bafflingly oh, still one of the, the highest. Is that them? Yeah. <laughs> that was TNT. Yep. Uh, it, yeah, I know they have wrestling, so I guess they're doing something right. Um, yeah, still I think one of the highest rated cable networks. Yeah. And it was back in 1999. Uh, and it beat a broadcast network. And that broadcast network was UPN. So I don't think that's fair because they, uh, they barely started. We, our town didn't have a UPN affiliate. So it, like it couldn't, we couldn't even, our town could not have competed with USA mm-hmm. in terms of that. But it, but yeah, but that had never, ever, ever happened before in a, in a quarter. It ha- would happen on occasion, your MTV movie awards or mm-hmm. your comic relief, mm-hmm. I'm assuming sure. for a night, but a full quarter that had not happened before. So congratulations to USA Network. Your mom's um, favorite channel. Yes. It, they're still running the Cartoon Express. I'll think about coming back on. Uh, 1999, June 28th through July 4th, movie time. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, my Lord. What an assortment. <laughs> it's a real grab bag. Mm-hmm. It's a real grab bag. This is one. Of, this is why they, when they say 1999 one is one of the best for movies ever. It's because of this week. Yeah. This is just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so happy I get to talk about an ideal husband. Uh, this is the one I haven't seen. Kate Blanchett, Miami Driver, Julianne Moore, and Rupert Everett, a man genetically bred to be in Oscar Wilde plays. I mean, obviously. <laughs> he is so perfect yeah, for this. He really I, is. I love this movie. Because it punches all the buttons. We got we got upper class people saying witty dialogue and double crossing each other. Mm. What? That's I love that. That's all I, I imagine want. some heaving bosoms. Ooh, I do like There's a nice some bosom. heaving bosoms. There mm-hmm. might be a pratfall even for funsies. Sure. A scandal. A scandalo. <laughs> I, yeah, st- I still don't know what this is about. Let me hear the trailer. Um, Let me hear the trailer. Yeah, the trailer sort of tells Let's you. See if it wakes kinda. me up. 
of all the men in London. <laughs> so what are you doing here? Wasting your time, as usual? When one pays a visit, it is for the purpose of wasting other people's time and not one's own. Arthur Goring is the most decadent. Your usual, my lord. The most contented. To love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. And the most determined to stay single. You could always get married. It's the always bit that alarms me. But all good things must come to an end. You are 36 and you must get a wife. Wife? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Now, so is is he gay in this movie? No, that's always the question. No, I, I, he was the first. He was, he made me notice that because he he came out like under no provocation, right? And said yeah. after he it, came out, like know. no one would cast him as right. a straight guy anymore. And he, in this role, he's like seemingly the ultimate straight guy. He's super straight. All mm-hmm. all the ladies oh, he doesn't yeah. want to settle down. He wants to fuck around, and all these different ladies are after him. Mm-hmm. Julianne Moore wants to get with him. Minnie Driver wants to get with him. Maybe Kate Blanchett, but she's married. But maybe she's she's super honest. But maybe maybe she's got a bad side. Maybe she wants to break bad. <laughs> yeah, um, it is relentlessly charming and witty and fun because it's Oscar Wilde, and it's kind of hard to say no to that. Mm. Even if you're like, oh my god, stuffy stuff. They've got fucking carriage rides. Bleh. There's still enough like fun banter that I think you'd actually like it. All right, all right. I mean, Oscar Wilde's a pretty good writer. I mean, you know who's a, also a great writer? Hmm, Christopher yeah. Moltisanti. Oh yes, <laughs> Christopher. Christopher Moltisanti. Uh, Christopher. Michael Imperioli, who's been in many Spike Lee movies, got mm-hmm. to write one for him. There's a very weird cameo in this. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. But uh, he wrote a little movie with Jennifer Esposito, Adrian Brody, Mira Sorvino, John Leguizamo. Uh, Summer of Sam. It happened again last night. More bloodshed. The son of Sam Killer struck again last night. Death was in the air. I just saw the body. But in one neighborhood. The killer has caused panic-stricken brunettes to dye their hair blonde. I feel like I'm cheating on you with you. They never felt more alive. That psycho is gonna have no place to hide. Someone of Sam. To stop me, you must kill me. A Spike Lee joint. Rated R. Start- oh. I don't know why, but I really like this movie. I mostly like this movie. Um, I like the idea of making a movie about uh, the Son of Sam killings without it being just a true crime story. That it's, mm-hmm. it's about this other story happening at the same time. Yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, about that what helps a lot. Spike Lee, or at least maybe Christopher Moltisanti, considered the craziest <laughs> summer in New York. Mm-hmm. A time of oh fuck yeah! Simultaneously, there is a blackout, mm-hmm. a serial yep. killer on the loose, and Elvis dies, among other Ooh. things. And you're also in the middle yep. of cocaine and disco, mm-hmm. and it just was an insane summer in this one place at this one time. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's very weird. Like it's very stylized. I don't want to call this Spike Lee's natural born killers because he doesn't get as crazy as Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it's got yeah, it's got some hints of that. You're yeah. right. But I, I just I really like the beginning it. of punk with Adrian Brody and his bad accent, which everyone <laughs> makes fun of because he's decided to pretend to be British. It's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's been on my list for a while, and I just keep not getting around to it but i think it's finally time no it's perfectly lovely it's the one clip i'm trying to find that i can't is Mm -hmm. on the chris rock show he was making fun of he was making fun of a a a song from a movie we'll talk about in just a few seconds Mm -hmm. about how Mm -hmm. all let's say all will smith movies have Mm -hmm. a song Mm -hmm. that's the Mm -hmm. title of the movie he's like that's not fair my boy spike lee has a movie out this week so i'm gonna write one and it's just this <laughs> terrible music number of "We're going straight to the summer of Sam." It's just, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't find it anywhere. I've been looking for it for years. I've, it always made me laugh. 
what's what's what what what's the best scene from this i i yeah i added a clip and it's just called oh my god best scene because so much of it like you said it's about you know there's this heat wave and then the power goes out there's riots and and you know in the background is this maniac is just shooting people dead and this movie's really good um if you know unsubtle because it's spike lee but it's really good until we actually get to see david berkowitz uh the son of sam (laughs) killer Mm -hmm. played by michael badaluco now if you know the story um he says that he was told to kill by uh, his neighbor's dog Mm right and there is a scene depicting this yes there is and the dog's mouth moves like he's going to tell him to roll a beautiful bean footage. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the moment where it's like I was with this movie and then I saw this scene and I laughed so fucking hard. So roll that beautiful bean footage. I thought I killed you, Mr. Black Dog. How did you get in here? Leave me alone. What do you want? I want you to go out and kill. Kill. Kill! Uh, kill! <laughs> I will kill. I will. I'll do anything you say. I'll do anything you say. Yes, master. I will kill. I will kill. God, please, please oh remind me. We got to put that on our Facebook. I like, cannot believe they made that good boy say those words. It's so wonderful. Ridiculous. And it's suddenly, oh no, that dog town's just like John Turturro. Why is he telling him to kill? <laughs> the way his little mouth moves, don't care. Oh, the God. dog is like so obviously funny. looking at its trainer that it loves. Like, did I do good? Did I do good? I told him to kill. I told him to kill. I treat? did exactly what you said. Also, the little caption on the YouTube video just says, the cool dog from Son of Sam. <laughs> Cool dog. He was really cool. I mean, uh, uh, okay. I mean, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, how, look, if you could convince anyone to be a serial killer as a human, mm-hmm. pretty cool. But as a dog, <laughs> way cool. Wow. Wow. The dog uh, needs yeah, some shades on. I just, I don't know why Spike Lee made that choice, and not just be like it's psychically telling him, or he's hearing voices in his head. No, the little dog's mouth's got to move. I want you to kill. <laughs> kill. Kill. <laughs> I mean, we know that's what they're saying. Honestly, though, I think where Berkowitz went wrong is saying that it was the dog telling him to kill mm. because obviously cats are the ones that are yeah. telling us all to kill. Yeah. You are so right. I mean, yep. right now. I think, you know what? I think the cat told him to frame the dog. Ooh, okay, yeah. there you go. That's something a cat would do. For my, real. My cat right now is lying on the ground chewing on my tax receipts. Like, yeah. just, just to mock me. You're They're, not done with these yet? Cats are God's perfect killing machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also their bellies are so soft. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty, is that true? <laughs> kill! Yes, kill, my pretties. Ugh. So the next movie, uh, if you can believe, uh, it, believe it or not, like the, the buzz the first week, everyone I knew hated it. Mm. And uh, I think it's emerged, at least in this segment, it'll be the most revered movie. Yeah. Well, I, I, 100%. Well. It, it, it's fascinating because I, I, I don't know. I do like listening to Trey Parker and Matt Stone talk mm-hmm. about how they make stuff. Cause like, and especially the, the process of them running up against trouble with executives. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, they just said, yeah, we'll make a movie. We're going to make it a musical. I'm like, don't do that. I'm like, 
we're gonna do that and like uh don't we we prefer if you didn't do that and then they just don't talk to him for a while and make a musical and go and write a musical (laughs) and i remember like i remember i was still you know at this point i had this friend of a friend and i was drinking at a fraternity for like a a little bit this summer and all these fraternity guys were into south park and they hated south park bigger longer and uncut because uh, it, fools. it is an unabashed musical, and that's part of what makes it so glorious. Mm. Uh, but yes, uh, I, reading off the voice cast, I wanted to go a little further. Isaac Hayes, Mary Kay Birdman, Matt Stone, Trey Parker, but also Dave Foley as all the Baldwins. <laughs> 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 and if you haven't know, I didn't know this. There's a, a he said she said controversy. Uh, Brett Spiner as Conan O'Brien because oh, I think Conan's oh. like, why did you play me in the movie? And he's like. Trey Parker and Matt Stone asked me, just asked me to, we're big Star Trek fans. You want to do a voice in our movie? And I said, yeah. And like, I showed up and they told me I was you. So if you hear Conan like, yes, I'm Conan O'Brien. Like, that doesn't sound like me at all. Conan was taking issue with it. And then Trey Parker and Matt Stone responded like, no, he said, we met him and he said, I have a great Conan O'Brien impression. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, will you do it in our movie? And then we didn't ask anything else. And that's what he showed up and did. That's I am Conan (laughs) O'Brien. And... (laughs) Uh, what look a up those weird YouTube clips. There's a, there's a back and forth that no one gives a shit about between both of them. <laughs> I must get to the bottom of yes, this. <laughs> but South Park bigger, longer, and uncut is out. Ugh. They were four friends. Dude, is it Cartman's mom? Oh, very funny. It is Cartman's mom. Yay. But when the forces of darkness threatened their world, Satan. Okay. They had to embark on the greatest adventure of their lives. Where did they come up with this stuff? On June 30th, it's not just another day in the park. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. We accidentally replaced your heart with a baked potato. You have about three seconds to live. What? Rated R. Start George Clooney doing his only normal voice say, in South Park history. That sounds really familiar. Um, man, yep. They shit on constantly who sort of built them. Uh, and all, yeah, James Hetfield. That reminded me, he's also, he's also got a vocal appearance in this movie. Oh, yeah, because you're going to hell. I love this movie. It is delicious. I really do, too. And it is, I, it is so I fun. mean, if you try to describe the plot, it's it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> Where, Satan um, and his fucking Saddam okay, Hussein. This, and <laughs> right. The, the South Park kids go to see a Terrence and Phillip movie, which has tons of swears. So Eric Idle shows up to put a shock chip in Cartman's head, which ends up giving him superpowers, which <laughs> then they use later when... The, America goes to war with Canada because Satan and his boyfriend Saddam Hussein. He has are a doing whole something? anime sequence where I believe he screams out the string of words because they've already been cursing the whole movie, so he has to come up with new ones and he just <laughs> boners boners tampon popsicle barbara streisand and then <laughs> and then shoots lightning out of his hands you just activated a sleeper cell <laughs> <laughs> the winter soldier is awake yeah. uh but I, yeah but i think they they almost they got an nc-17 because of dicks right and yeah, they had so. to change that because they put, uh, when, uh, yeah, saddam, saddam hussein, hussein puts his dick in, in satan's ass <laughs> in the dark and up. there's a sound for it like i didn't know an insertion could have a sound <laughs> As Satan goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a change that he's actually whipping out a dildo, but it's a dildo that looks just like a dick. Not at the end of the scene. Just, right. Just Relax, becomes a, yeah. yeah. Saddam Hussein, by the yeah. way, was a... <laughs> I'm not going to explain <laughs> who Saddam Hussein was, but he was a character on South Park for a while. Uh, yep. He was Satan's Satan. boyfriend who'd mistreat Satan. Satan deserves better than him. And it's they just break up. It's so bizarre as, as a South Park fan, like a, a lapsed South Park fan who over the last few years has gotten back into the show. Uh, one, that the movie, it just, 
so anything that's been on this, any show that's been on this long should probably go through eras in order to stay relevant. Looking at you, The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none of this represents what's on South Park anymore. Oh my God, you killed Kenny. Isaac Hayes is gone. Mm-hmm. Chef's not there. Most of these characters don't get used anymore. The style is different. The animate, that's what's frustrating is that this is the movie. It's in widescreen with cursing. The show's in widescreen every week with all the cursing you could want if you watch it on Hulu. (laughs) It's like there's no reason for this to be a movie other than that it was 1999. Mm -hmm. The show is still on and goes further and looks better than its movie. That's crazy. And I think they've they've always kind of been like, there's no reason to make another movie. We can make a three-episode arc or an entire season-long arc. There's nothing we can't do Mm -hmm. uh, in this. It's it's if I don't know if you think South Park looks crude now, like look at this movie, it looks it's it's insane. They especially when they juxtapose it with CG a few times, like just to show off that 1999 budget. But uh, I don't think the movie did that well uh, initially. It did pretty well. Uh, it, yeah, it, it did well. It's one of those I think it ended up doing better on video, but you know it it definitely turned a profit. Oh, it, totally. It only cost like twenty million, made like eighty something million dollars. So. Yeah, it did very well. Not blockbuster numbers, but serious numbers. And yeah, you're right that it's weird that it is an unabashed traditional style musical. So massive shout out, shout out to, to yeah. Mark Shaman for doing just all of the pieces. You know, you're opening up with the let me introduce you to our our setting song. You know, kind of like like the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, town. the Mel mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. and. You know, we've got an I Want song from Satan. We've got uh, up there. Oh. A, Le Miz, a Le Miz parody um, that ends up with like the counter, the counter song and the tomorrow and the song, night, but, you know, tomorrow. La Resistance. <laughs> it's and an and an Academy Award nominated song, uh, and which is only bullshit because Blame Canada is a great song, but like, yeah. what's really great about the movie is that if you were just go into a theater. And they haven't done anything to justify it being a movie yet. They haven't even really cursed. And then Terrence and yeah. Philip come on screen and just like language you've never even heard on South Park starts coming out. And then they have a fart <laughs> battle uh, <laughs> to a song called Uncle Fucker. And yep. it's that's MTV nominated that rightly so is the best movie song of, of the year. And I think it won that one. And yeah. but it, Uncle Fucker is the best. It's the best. Have you, yeah. Sarah, have you seen Uncle really Fucker? Uh, I'm saying, yeah, I'm staying quiet during this discussion just because I'm sorry. I hate South Park and I always have and I'm never going to change my mind about it. My friends were crazy about this movie in high school. Loved it. All my girlfriends loved it. I remember being forced to watch this on a sleepover. It's just... I mean, it's those, not my those, thing. those episodes are sort of the okay. worst, but yeah. I keep I keep talking about that in in league with SNL that mm-hmm. like South Park is now an institution like SNL. Mm-hmm. It, it it digests the week's information and makes a story out of that in six days. So it's mm. not always good, and it doesn't always. I don't expect an SNL cold open from fourteen years ago to hold up very well. But at the time, yep. it's cathartic to have someone like make fun of something happening right now uh, in a narrative way. So I get it. South Park's not for everybody. Yeah, it's not. There's, yeah, there's more satisfying I mean, stories. There's a lot there. of times I feel like they're really reaching for yeah. edginess, and the nihilism I think is like overall been bad for everyone. Like, yes, that is entire my entire culture where it's like caring about things is lame. Yes, that is my it's problem like, with it. And they address that on, on later on, on newer seasons of the show, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, yep. what they're responsible for, yeah. what they may have done, what they maybe regret. Mm-hmm. Maybe Al Gore shouldn't have been uh, uh, depicted as a. <laughs> 
I can't even talk about. Like I really yeah. <laughs> like get. Yeah, it's all, so all that has been like that. all those things have been reversed or addressed in recent seasons. We're, I'm glad that they were addressed on the television show. Unfortunately, hey, not everybody gets to be right from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and working into the show, sometimes it's fun. Uh, but South, the, the, the movie I think is beyond enjoyable because like there's no yeah. real topical issue at place mm-hmm. it's it's a it's about the censorship of a canadian comedy duo and satan at its heart uh right but yes fuck that sh- fuck but now we have to talk about wild wild west which i really don't want to do uh, uh, no. yeah because no. this is a, a depressing movie to watch and then every time i think about it i'm like i should watch that again and then i and then i, I do i'm like this sucks why no. what is that like bug inside from, of you from a Dude, movie that that, that fucking... understands conventions and subverts uh, them in fun ways to a movie that thinks it's trying to do that and failing at every fucking turn. Yeah. yeah. Just there's a bunch of cool sequences in like, man, that yeah. train car is righteous. Like that they go into the James Bond train. But, but like, it's all really dumb, bad. And, and by the way, based on a show, when I would when I met your husband, mm-hmm. we would he'd never watch car. That's why I make fun of him all the time. He never watches cartoons. Oh, yeah. we'd, be, we'd be 13 years old, go back to his house, and he would watch... Wild Wild West, the show, which I, my mind would just turn off, like the show from the 60s. Oh, wow. Like the show Wild Wild West. Okay. That's what he watched when he got home from school as a kid. That's so fun. And it I sucked. Love him. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, uh, it's fun. I mean, it's very silly and campy, but yeah, that's the idea that it's sort of, you know, James Bond in the Wild West. And it, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that and like F Trooper, yeah, they're incredibly stupid and kids would love them if they watched them now because they're really stupid, but fun. <laughs> And I like the story recently. Will Will Smith's amazing YouTube channel talks about um, repeatedly rejecting a little script called The Matrix <laughs> in, yeah. in order to make this film instead uh, for Warner Oof. Brothers. Also for Warner Brothers. Uh, but yeah, he's like, yeah, I guess I stand by my choice. No. I mean. <laughs> he just said The Matrix. This didn't make any sense to me. And that's why when I defend the movie, like yeah. that's what the world, pers- that's how people who made movies thought of the script of The Matrix. No one's going to get this. I like how... <laughs> I like how that was Will Smith's. He was like, "I don't. This doesn't make any sense." And then, as you recall, our discussion of of the Matrix, I'm on his side. I'm like, "No, this is gobbledygook. It makes no sense." No, you said that about mm-hmm. the fucking uh, Da Vinci Code movie. That's gobbledygook. <laughs> Wild Wild West. It's like there I've are more than I've one seen gobbledygook. the movie probably like five times. I can't tell you anything that happens other than Will Smith getting called the N word. Like, I don't know that. I don't know that it happens. Why? Like that doesn't need <laughs> yeah. to be in this movie. I don't For know. Children. Yeah, they, they really decide to like. We'll make a point that he's a black guy in the old west, and he's dealing with former Confederates. So they're going to be like. Also, the only movie we've doubles. seen is Blazing Saddles. And <laughs> yeah, like he's going to be doing the doubles with them. Like Yo, Mama's so black. She kind of jokes. It's like, why are what? we doing this? Please, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like it, again, this is one of those movies that it, everything about it is more fascinating than the movie itself. Yeah, I'm sure. You, there's a lot of backstory. We familiar with the Kevin Smith story? Yes. Uh, John Peters, who produced <laughs> please say it. Batman. He, well, he just, his name's all over the first Batman, which I just watched. And I can't ever see his name again. Even his, uh, even his sexual assault allegations don't come to mind. It's, mm. it's about him demanding yeah. that the new Superman movie he wants to produce have a giant metal spider because they're the fiercest predators in the animal kingdom. Oh. Uh, and, and, he, he, and Kevin Smith's like, why? Stop asking for a giant metal spider. <laughs> Spider-Man has a villain whose name is Metallo. We can... Have metal and danger in here in other ways. What's mm-hmm. your deal with the spider? And he's like, the, nice, the next movie I see that he made, Wild Wild West, yep. with a giant metal spider, which Cartman has a rap about. 
So we're full circle. Uh, but here's a little bit of the trailer. I have no nothing kind to say, other than seeing Selma Hayek's butt. Uh, nothing kind to say about mm. this film. On June 30th, <laughs> danger will come from all directions. But the only hope is West. Jim West. Will Smith. Gotta stick to what we each do best. Kevin Kline is Artemis Gordon, Kenneth Branagh, and Selma Hayek from the director of Men in Black, Wild Wild West. That was fun. This feature is not yet rated. Starts Wednesday, June 30th. I wish this was better. Yeah, yeah, so do I. No, No, the concept is fine. The cast is fine. The script is garbage. Yeah. And it's, it's, like, it's also interesting could, that... The, the show is fun and stupid, and it, it shouldn't be that hard to make this fun. Yeah. But just and the, the idea of, awful. like, a, it's it has that great, like, jock, too big to fail thing going for it. Mm-hmm. The director of Men in mm-hmm. Black and right. Warner Brothers. This, they even shouted out the name of whoever the fuck this is from Wild Wild West. As if anybody in 1990... Jim a kid West? In 1999, he said... Uh, Kevin Klein is Artemis. What? Oh, but like oh, as yeah. if we're yeah. as if a kid my age has any idea who that is. Right. And I still don't. And as someone who was forced to watch the show, don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so there's there's this bold confidence that this movie is going to rule the summer, and it did the opposite. Yeah, the song ruled the summer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I do you know how often I get Will Smith's movie rap stuck in my head? <laughs> The other day, I was going for a peaceful walk in nature, and in, inside my head, the entire time was, here come the men, men in black. black. <laughs> Why? A, gyp- a witch cursed me in some life for this. Yeah, I got to show you that, well, that wonderful video from 10 years ago about the Will Smith raps about every one of his, every movie ever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Demi, now I'm doing the bag of ants dance. Demi... <laughs> Ajita Wibe. He's the one who does all those like fake Will Smith raps. Oh, he now. does he? Oh, yeah. It's really ah. good. Yeah, you got to check it out. <laughs> I do. I, lo- I, I know I messed up Eddie's only- name, but he's so funny. Uh, yeah, the only, the, only, the only Will Smith rap I don't like now is the genie one. Uh, that's, that's the one I don't mm. like. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the credits and I am horrified to find out Elmer Bernstein did the music and Michael Bauhaus did the cinematography. You see what I'm saying? I'm really glad that they got money. Same, same with uh, with pretty much the cast, especially Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh and, mm-hmm. and Selma Hayek. Like disgusting. everybody, everybody Selma in here is awesome. Yeah, objectively, yeah. Barry Sonnenfeld, one of the yeah. only people to successfully combine comedy and and high budget special effects. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's yep. it's there's a satisfaction that comes from this can't fail Titanic movie. It's like all the elements mm-hmm. are there, yeah. but something's wrong. Yeah. Well, we said <laughs> the script, but <laughs> a lot of a lot of things are. Yeah wrong i mean part, part of it is like i mean it's this light funny serious thing and but some of it hinges on like the massacre of freed slaves yeah. like we're a little too heavy dude what what are we what are we doing yeah. um yeah. this had a 170 million dollar budget yeah i think it was one of the most expensive movies made at the time years ago uh i will never forget the roger ebert quote where he just described the movie as like watching money burn on screen wow that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and where was where was I? Yeah. I, I, I uh, um, maybe it was Patton Oswalt talking about like he's writing for the MTV Music Awards mm-hmm. that year, mm-hmm. and like that's the amount of money Hollywood pays those award shows to play the Wild Wild West song to promote the movie. It's like no, they were spending like mul- like 
ten million dollars to mm. play the song at the MTV Movie Awards, which is why Stevie Wonder comes out and Alfonso Ribeiro. Right. Uh, it's it's this giant like everyone who's in the video is on stage, like this huge spectacle, mm, and yeah. it, it's it's too it the song. The only reason the song was made to, was to promote a movie, right? Uh, and now the song is kind of the only thing with a positive legacy. Uh, yeah. Has and it's because it was a good song the first time around when it was yeah. just a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah, you don't think we're going straight to the Wild Wild West is a poignant lyric that is very well thought wiki, out. Wiki wiki wiki. Has there been a movie with mm. steamp- steampunk imagery that has worked? Mm, I don't know. Because oh. Sherlock Holmes, those are terrible. I don't have a problem with Sherlock is, Holmes, is but Snow I know Pierce that people steampunk? don't like it. Ooh. No. no, I don't think so. Depends it on what car you're in. Steampunk adjacent. <laughs> Depends on what car you're in. Just yeah. keep moving okay. up. Um, but no, I don't think so. Okay, I'll take. It. Why doesn't and that Mortal Engines movie that just came out right. that Ooh. did really bad and that's pretty steampunk. I, know, I can't wait to see that. I, I, I forgot it existed. I really want to see, see it too. Peter Jackson movie. It's it, that looks oh, like God, every Lego no, thing I ever mind. made. It's going to be Peter so Jackson? long. <laughs> I have a long bushy beard at the end of it. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. No, no more shitting on Wild Wild West. I'm sure there's someone out there who loves it. Oh, I'm um, sure that someone has um, a fondness yeah. for it. Because I'm sure a few of our listeners were young and dumb in 1999. It's mm. totally mm-hmm. it's totally cool. Mm-hmm. You hear how I talked about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not how I remembered it. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, why am I saying anyway? There's like, I had to like look far and low for, for fucking uh, uh, a TV, anything to bring up. And then Diana found it already, so I was like, I was like, like high fiving myself, and Diana already put it in the dock. <laughs> uh, 1999, the only notable thing on television, period, like fucking period, like mm-hmm. not even like new episodes of stuff are airing, and nope. a, a movie on HBO airs called Vendetta, starring uh, Clancy Brown and Christopher Walken and, and mm-hmm. a bunch of other people build who I'd never heard of. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, oh, those two already makes it freaking great. Um, uh, Vendetta is an HBO movie based on a true story of a lynching of Italian guys. Uh, uh, I think it, like oh, in New Orleans. Excuse me. Want to talk about the most oppressed people of all time? <laughs> the largest official yeah. documented lynching in American history. Italians. Sure. Eleven people uh, lynched in public. Oh. Uh, after yeah. after a trial doesn't go the way the mob likes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I just I like that as a as a reminder that Italians are only like honorary white people for like the last fifty years. Nineteen fifties. So. That's when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, the, much. Yeah, and it's, Some it's guys not... were accused of killing a cop, and uh, uh, yeah, like it becomes this like race riot that kills a ton of people. Yeah, they I believe Ooh. because because uh, slavery is illegal, they find a some kind of loop. I, I, I the whole movie is on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, but the, mm-hmm. slavery is illegal. In what is it like the eight the mid eighteen hundreds? So they eighteen nineties eighteen nineties. They they figure out some weird loophole where like we can just bring in a bunch of Sicilians. I'm an Italian guy. I'll just bring in a bunch of Sicilians who basically do like hard labor for mm-hmm. nothing. And then of course in thirty years, like this low pop this this population is, is now a huge population of New Orleans, mm-hmm. and uh, the white people are enraged at the Italian people. So it's just. I, even I think that's bizarre. I've never wow. dealt with any. I don't know anything about that racism. No, yeah. I, I, it, it doesn't even have like a name. Yeah. Uh, as far as as far as I can tell, and then even even I was like I had nowhere to go but like read IMDb reviews about <gasps> the movie, oh, and, God, and they're I'm so like, sorry. "Why is this movie called <laughs> Vendetta? Is this a joke? Yeah. Like it d- doesn't make any sense against who? Mm. <laughs> like, it's a dumb title. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense. Yeah. But but the event itself, I I find bizarre. Like doesn't have a name. Hmm. It 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 could be the the greasiest lynching in the old west. Oh my 
God. Well, I'm Italian. I can say these things. <laughs> it was in New Orleans, though? I think so, yeah. yeah. Or New Orleans adjacent. Louisiana yeah. adjacent. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Wild. Yeah, a little wild. Um, yeah. And, and again, video games. I've never heard of this diagnosis game, Attack of the Saucer Men, but that's out for the PlayStation 1. Mm. Please enjoy. Uh, please enjoy. And that is that is it for the 1999 segment. <laughs> I can't believe we're wrapping that's, things up so fast. Funny. Man. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I can't pick a song here. You can't pick uh, a song? Uncle I Fucker. Mean, Uncle Fucker, for sure. Uncle Fucker is great. I mean, it ends just like Oklahoma. That makes it fun. But uh, I've also, I have driven around singing this in my car with the window yeah. down, and I, I really regretted it the second I looked over at another car. <laughs> And in, in, in the break, I'm going to play it for Sarah and see if I can get a lower fat of her. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going <laughs> to do that. I need, I need that. Please much. don't. Uh, yes, we can't get to 2009 without it. Uh, here, reaction. All right. We well, get back from the break. if we do that, then I'm making you watch the Les Mis sing, uh, okay. singing scene with Anne Hathaway. Okay. I think I've seen the movie. Yeah, well, I'm making you watch it again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just not in the break. We'll be right back. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I sort of wanted someone like you to be there, or at least like a legitimate bartender to say, hey, you're cut off no matter what your friend the date here says. Right. And you need to eat some food. And you need to eat some food, get some food in you. So the place we're going for food has none, and she's like, I want to go to a pool. I'm like, me too, actually. I've <laughs> my pool's in the shop, <laughs> so we're gonna have to figure something else out. And I, I love that a little bit of white privilege if you've never used it. Um, I, I haven't done this in a couple years. Can walk into any hotel, remove all of my clothing, and not have a bathing suit. Order a drink and jump in their pool. They will say nothing, and I, I've done it as I do it all the time. See, they can and, tell you desperately need the sun because you're so pasty. <laughs> like, just let him do it. Just let him do it. But this, at this time, it's it's like night, so we go over to uh, let's call it a loft. I thought that was hilarious. Like they have a bar, they should have some food. We can throw this this lady in the pool, maybe sober up a little bit, because like at this point, like where are your friends? Let me take you home. And at this point, she's sort of telling me, "You can't take me home. Why?" My boyfriend will kill you. I'm like, oh. Thanks. What? Your boyfriend? You know. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of june 28th through july 4th happy july 4th everyone uh we've got some really disparate things to talk about um uh 75 years ago this week july 1st 1944 saw the release of the mask of dimitrios by jean nigolesco 
um, which is a kind of underrated noir with uh, Peter Laurie and Sydney Greenstreet. And Peter Laurie's sort of like a nebbish guy, and Sydney Greenstreet is like a big fat guy. It keeps like bothering him and forcing him into this mystery. And it's oddly funny, but also like really dramatically lit and crazy. And they're like, search it. There's like a secret treasure that got stolen. And, stuff. and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, then 60 years ago this week, we have Anatomy of a Murder from 1959, um, which is one of the best courtroom movies ever made. Let's just go with that. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you like courtroom movies, especially like Perry Mason type stuff, because it's got literal Perry Mason Raymond Burr in it. Yeah, real good. Um, treats rape well for 1959, question mark, but it's, it, it's really interesting and really well made. Then 50 years ago this week, as I teased last week with Judy Garland dying, uh, June 28th, she had her viewing and funeral in New York City, and that made people very emotional. And some people think it's just, it has something to do with what happened next. Uh, I think it's just the heightened emotions because the night of uh, Judy's funeral, cops came into the Stonewall Inn and started uh, pulling people out and shaking them down and being dicks, and they fucking fought back. First, per, first punch thrown was a purse. Fuck yeah, Marsha P. Johnson. Uh, anyway, there are an awful lot of things you can watch about Stonewall. Uh, do not watch the movie called Stonewall, the fictional account. It's terrible. But uh, PBS and the American Experience literally just put out a, a documentary the other day, which you can find on their website, called Stonewall Uprising. That was really good. And um, let's see, there's another one, I think, called Remembering Stonewall, maybe? that was uh, a bit farther back, but, you know, previous looks back at Stonewall in the beginning of the gay rights movement can be weird to watch because like, as society changes how we view <laughs> homosexual and trans people, how it's treated changes. And so previous looks back might treat, you know, the trans people like Marsha P. Johnson, not as women, but as drag queens or treat them as cross-dressers and it's funny as opposed to like no they were women and the cops were trying to grab them and send you know pull their dresses off or dump mop water over their head to wash off their makeup and then send them to men's prison just for being dudes who like to kiss dudes or previously dudes who wear dresses or whatever so yay happy 50th anniversary of stonewall happy pride everybody uh that's my recommendation for this week stay classic I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good, good night. A feeling. So, I have a monkey's paw. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're and not I'm coming. Monkey's paw. So, Black Eyed Peas, I... Boom Boom Pow is gone mm-hmm. from number I one. I asked for them. To not have Boom Boom Pow anymore as a number one song for 2009. Um, after three months of it, we get a new song. And it's more Black Eyed Peas, I got a feeling. And it will be around for more than three months. And it's compounded by the fact that we also will be forced to watch funny walking down the aisle videos from weddings that are set to this song. <laughs> and... 
lip dubs <laughs> of this song and flash mobs of dancing white people to the song. Mm. Yeah. So there's that added bonus. Ugh. I, I, that's the, the weird thing about my relationship with the song. I have never, ever in my life sought out to hear it. I had no idea that's what this was called. Mm. I, I thought it was called Good Night. Tonight's going to be a good night. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's the, I got a feeling. I had no idea. No idea. But it was so yeah. ubiquitous, even without a radio and not watching MTV or mm-hmm. actively seeking the song, I heard it 100 billion times. Yeah. 100 billion times. Um, yes. And this, according to Diana, will be here even longer. Yes. Yes, oh, it will. We should just call this the 2009 is now the Black Eyed Peas segment. Yeah. Uh, yeah this, this will be here 14 weeks. By the time we get a new number one, we will have had the Black Eyed Peas at number one for literally half the year. Wow. That's insane. Yes. 2009 was a dystopia. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, let's see if that's the case from other new releases. Um, yeah, self-titled album from LaRue and Kill Switch Engage. That checks out. I love LaRue. Kill Switch. I mean, you're a Kill Switch Engage person. That's, that's I am? That's who you're really into. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like how are you going to watch fucking UFC without Kill Switch Engage playing? That's so true. Uh, so true. <laughs> everyone gets mad when I say shit like that. Ruthless by Ace Hood uh, is also out. Uh, if Tomorrow Comes by Maino. Uh, Wait For Me by Moby. Cradle Song by Rob Thomas featuring Rob Santana. Uh, No Time to Bleed by Suicide Silence Wilco, the album by Wilco Clever Uh, Blood Oath by Suffocation And that is is it There's a bunch of stuff out this week Wow I have a a more um, connective uh, music Piece of music news Okay Uh, Because it's 2009, everyone Uh, 28th, June 28th through July 4th Um, Yes, a little bit of news to let you know what's happening in the world. 2009, MSNBC becomes the first major news network to broadcast in HD, which I think is incredible, considering that when I watch MSNBC nowadays in YouTube clips, uh, they have room tone and air conditioning noise that I strive to get out of my podcast, and they still haven't figured out a way to like, shit I try to get out of podcasts that I edit is all over MSNBC everything. That's how you know that when Rachel Maddow takes those long pauses, it's not a glitch. Yeah. It's like, it's really happening. She's meaning to stop talking That's right. That it's long. like, I can tell how swept the floor is during the pauses Rachel, Rachel Maddow makes. Like, ooh, that's too much dirt. You can hear someone shuffling over there. Yeah. Uh, I love her so much. I'm, I, I kid. I kid, Rachel I, I, Maddow. I love the Rachel Maddow. Uh, this, is, this is even better. Um, <laughs> on the 1st of July, wow. the Shake Weight debuts. Were we ever so young? The Shake Weight. Yeah. And this thing... Our office got one. Oh boy! And it was Ooh. so much fun. <laughs> is, is it? I can't do a lot of physical things well, but it turns out I'd have a lot of practice with that movement. Really? Yeah. And like so, like I shake weight. I was a just master. for making so many martinis. Oh it's, yeah, it's just mostly martinis. Mostly from <laughs> mostly from jerking off giants. Sure. It's, it looks like I'm about to accept a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna have to imagine that. Sarah just and I are doing this over here. <laughs> Yes. Shaking your thanks. fist yeah, on yeah, each thanks. side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shake, wake. You're gonna have to look that up. It's a ridiculous. It was ridiculous to call it a um, a fitness item. Well, it uses the same principle of those machines that would take that band and wrap it around the back of you and jiggle you <laughs> yeah. your weight off. Like Does jiggle you. Yeah. There was one. There was one that had. I think the one we had it just broke. It had automation. Like it would automatically shake, and like mm-hmm. you trying to keep it steady. Would kind of you know feel a little bit of arm workout. And okay. I think maybe like I don't know to to avoid lunch lady arms. That's the only thing I can imagine it was good for. <laughs> the shake weight, everyone, but nobody 
nobody couldn't make the association. It's like all of a sudden when the shake weight came out, like even even Jay Leno is making like bald face jerk off jokes. Mm-hmm. Like you have to. Mm-hmm. The shake weight, ladies and gentlemen. You can't not. Uh, in, in the tragic bit of music news I was talking about, like I forget why we were talking about uh, Casey Kasem. I think he you know, he sort of died like mm-hmm. semi tragically. I think he either mm-hmm. got lost or had some bitter estate issue, mm-hmm. and it was the ward of yeah, his kids. Yeah, he had kids. a bad estate issue. And and that guy did. Even I, I did. I, I didn't listen to anything intentionally on the radio. The radio was just there because I didn't have a TV, so I engaged a lot with the radio. And I and on Sundays I remember mowing my my mowing the lawn. I would listen to Casey Kasem's top. American Top 40, American Top 20. Uh, he'd been doing it for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in a way that I don't think there were many people left alive to be to find very tragic, or at least they didn't know how to use the internet and I didn't hear from them. The show is canceled and no one has given any notice and it just he just says it on the air. Wow. And so here's a clip of Casey Kasem. He's a little older mm-hmm. at the end of his life, just telling people like, and that was number two. Now, before we get to our number one, I got to tell you, it's going to be our final number one. Just tells Fuck. the world that after after four decades, That's show's so, over. Oof. And it's it's something about this, like, I had to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like a minute long, so skip ahead if you don't give a shit. I'm Casey Kasem. Well, now we're up to the number one song in the land. And our look back at four amazing decades, counting them down. The countdown began on the 4th of July, 1970. It was an idea that my partner, Don Bastani, and I came up with. Our first show took more than 18 hours to record. And at first, we only had seven stations. But Don and I believed, and so did a growing number of listeners. Back then, there were no long-distance dedications on the show. That didn't come along until 1978, when Matt Wilson located one in the mail. And Matt's been with us ever since. To date, we've read more than 3,000 of your dedications. Over the years, musical trends have come and gone. From disco to new wave, from punk to hip-hop, from bubblegum to rock. We've been there, calm them down. It's been a great 39 years, and it's really been an honor for me. But we're not finished yet. Our first number one back in 1970 was Mama Told Me Not To Come by Three Dog Night. And we've got one more song to go. The number one song in the USA for a third week is Second Chance by Shinedown. No idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay. Aww, but I, my mama told me not to come again. <laughs> and I, I just thought that it's was very sweet. Weirdly beautiful. This yeah. guy, this corny dude. He's also shaggy millennials. If that's going to get you more interested, does that mean so funny? Uh, but but the, the, the you idea can that, really hear the age in his voice. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But but that he was synonymous. He you considered him synonymous with music. He just right. named off all this shit from like rock to gospel, punk, pop. Mm-hmm. He was there for it all. And then someone's like, this is your last show. Make, write, write something nice. And with no warning, this institution is gone. And I just, I like that someone had the, knew how to, somebody, again, that Venn diagram of people who were fans of Casey Kasem's Top 40 and know how to use YouTube mm-hmm. doesn't usually exist. <laughs> it's a teeny These sliver. are how things get yeah. lost. Uh, was <laughs> he... Was he known as America's Teenager or is that Dick Clark? It's Dick Clark. Okay. Dick Clark. I, always I, was, I was always confused too. Because like I never heard Dick Clark. I heard Casey 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 was on the radio every right. every weekend for me. Same, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, au revoir, Casey Casey. Oh, we were talking about him because I think he came up on our Celebrity Meltdown. He did. He's, his outtakes. That's right. talking about it. Can I not fucking do a death dedication on a slow song? <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, movies of 2009. 
June eight, June twenty eighth through July fourth. Dead Snow. That's a zombie movie. That's a Nazi zombie, <laughs> zombie movie Ooh. from Norway. I have it. I've never seen it. It was it was back in the day. It was shipped to me on DVD. Oh. In working in the games industry, we didn't always get shipped new movies on DVD. But okay. Yeah, I've not seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's got okay reputations. You know, kind of a cult film because it's about Nazi zombies. The, the Nazi zombies become unleashed from the ice and they come and are Nazis at you, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they post frogs on the internet. Yeah, whatever. Or bite you. <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, also, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is still number one at the box office. Right. Uh, Nothing about this is good. Yeah. Uh, about the- yeah. Yeah. It really isn't. This is, um, this is weak. Even though I was so looking forward to this movie, mm-hmm. the next movie, uh, a new Woody Allen movie, which we normally don't yeah. even bother to talk, but I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Because I loved yeah. Kirby Enthusiasm. Right. And the idea of mm-hmm. not just Michael McKeon or Ed Bagley, Ed Bagley Jr., he's not even close, uh, but Larry David. Larry David, mm-hmm. having never really acted in anything he didn't write, uh, but yeah. playing. He. he but playing a Woody Allen character in a Woody Allen movie seemed like, what a great fit. And mm-hmm. it sort of was, yeah. except that I think it was a script from the 1970s, so it's yet another story of a Woody Allen character fucking a much younger woman. Oh my God, get a new song, mm-hmm. And this time it's Larry David, which is somehow like, I don't know, Woody Allen was sort of plausible, but what would Evan Rachel Wood want to do with <laughs> With Larry David. I mean, but look at <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm. He pulls some beautiful true. women. That's true. Mm, I guess it was. But the, yeah, even that are the show. Yeah, double at least her age. She's right. like 21, 22. Even, yeah. the, even uh, in the show, he canonically has Seinfeld money. That'll get you, mm, <laughs> get you a little attention. That's true. But I, I, there's, I, just, I watched this trailer about 100 times, being very excited for the movie. And, and I just wanted to include the last, the titular line from Larry David. That's it. And we won't talk about it again. Whatever love you can get and give, whatever happiness you can provide, every temporary measure of grace, whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. Uh, That's where the title comes yeah. from. No, and that I, means fuck uh, a teenager. <laughs> I mean, just... Larry David is a really good surrogate Woody, and there have been so many surrogate Woodies. Mm-hmm. The rest of this movie just sort of makes you go, oh, come on. Because, yes, Evan Rachel Wood and Ed Begley Jr. and Patricia Clarkson are all like, really broad southern hick religious stereotypes mm-hmm. and it's like woody please like you live within a three th- like a three square block area of the upper east side um <laughs> let's let's not bother the southerners yeah we just have our own problems don't. that's just that's just not fair right that's not fair i'm not going to write a comedy about eskimos because i don't know what their lives are like <laughs> all i know is i'm not supposed to call them eskimos anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> Inuits. I'm not going to write a comedy about the Inuits coming to San Francisco and and being wacky. So yes, I'm defending Southerners. Thank you. We anyway. appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, I've never heard even heard of. Fault. I've never even heard of I Hate Valentine's Day. Eh, and you shouldn't. It's one of the worst movies apparently of the year. Um, but we a, just had an Ian Vardalos movie. I was just movie. about to say, is this not but, another spiritual? Sing- but, it, uh, but it also has Aiden in it. Is this a some yeah. sequel to My Big Fat Greek Wedding? No, it's, it's just. No. I mean, do they have that good but of it's chemistry? Yeah, they're, it's, they're trying to be the Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan of the two thousands. I guess. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I hate Valentine's Day. Sorry, Nia Vardalos and John Corbett. When it comes to dating, Genevieve is full of good advice. What about the guy you see on the bus every day? I'm taking your advice. I'm waiting to be wooed. But just when she thought she had it all under control. Hi. Hi. 
she met the one man who would change everything. I don't believe people are meant to be in relationships. What? We should just have fun. And when the romance is gone, move on. Well, how long does that last? Five dates, to be exact. Five dates. Five dates. What do I do? Okay, so... Uh, Okay, I don't want to see this. <laughs> right. uh, this feels like it should be a movie from a couple years earlier starring Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. yeah. I think it's that uh, big. It's... <laughs> Metacritic has got a 17 out of 100. Woo. Yikes. Woo. It does not look good. Yeah. And it's it's the same romantic couple from a previous film. Like, you can't just, it hasn't been that long. You can't just do that. So bizarre. I don't know. Yeah. But I also have no interest in Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. I don't even know what Ice... I used to see every animated movie ever in mm-hmm. the theaters, preferably. And the Ice Age movies, I tapped out. Like, <laughs> yeah. The third one, like, these are two the same, man. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Ray Romano, John Glazama, Dennis Leary, Queen Lativa, and Sean William Scott, uh, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. On July 1st, Kibasa! break the ice. Oh, not good. And enter a whole new world. I thought those guys were extinct. Well, then that is one angry fossil. With the coolest comedy of the summer. In 3D. I say John of the Dinosaurs, July 1st. In okay, 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 okay. No. okay. I just say no found to this. a theme. It's uh, John Leguizamo and talking animals. Yeah. Hey. There we go. I love it when Scrat looks at him and says, I want you to kill. Kill. <laughs> I, I will say, like, the best on screen couple in history should be Ray Romano and Queen Latifah. But uh, it's yeah. only an animation. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I. Now, now a Disney product. Because the Ice Age movies, mm-hmm. I think it still rides in SeaWorld. Because. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, but, but, like, when I would try to. Explain to and most people don't need explaining why the Disney acquisition of Fox isn't a good thing and things not. How, how much of a priority in Disney's production slate do you think another high budget movie set in the snow is going to be? Like the first yeah. thing, like if you're a huge fan of the Ice Age films and seemingly a ton of people are, like why would Disney care about this? Mm-hmm. And that's why it sucks. Like Ice Age maybe Just put won't those exist. Characters in Frozen. <laughs> bang bang boom. Holy shit, Sarah. Ooh. Bang bang boom. Promoted. Problem Promoted. solved. Oh my God, Elsa riding a mammoth, yes. and the mammoth is I Ray mean, Romano. Yes, Olaf being like, ripped apart by scratch. Where are my mammoths? <laughs> you have not seen Frozen <laughs> at all. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, anyway, anyway. I would pay $50 to watch that movie, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, is this the movie? Um, I haven't watched Dawn of the Dinosaurs. I've seen the first Ice Age, and it was fine. You know, nice. my expectations were low, and, and they were surpassed, which is just not by a lot. It's an ugly movie. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. weird that they call it Dawn of the Dinosaurs when they make a point to say, no, the, the dinosaurs came before the Ice Age, and they're, like, discovering a secret yes. land where they're still alive. So a it's land be lost. Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Oh. That makes it sound like the dinosaurs are are, are sort of emerging, but right. they're, not, they're not. They're being found. They're not coming in. I think I would see no, any, any movie. I don't understand this. I would see any movie ever with any cast ever. Woody Allen directs Bill Cosby in a movie called Return of the Dinosaurs. I'd be very happy. With it. <laughs> it's a title that'll instantly get me interested. And Return also of the dinosaurs. would be a very apt title for his... <laughs> that was that wasn't even going there. This yeah. joke is bad, uh, but uh, but I'm glad you made it better. Um, and I couldn't remember my my dad actually like I don't know we were talking about Johnny Depp and 
and my dad's like, I like Johnny Depp. I see all his movies. I'm like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I love, like, okay, <laughs> this is a side note. But I love that we're getting to the age where we're, our parents are just telling us new facts yeah. about themselves that yeah. we had no idea about. <laughs> you didn't see him as, as Whitey Bulger? I'm like, what? no. No, I didn't see any Johnny Depp movie of any kind. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and That's not this movie, though, right? Um, that's, no. That's, no. That's, that's a different film. It's Jesse Plemons. No. This is Public Enemies. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi, Channing Tatum, uh, Marion Cotillard, and uh, uh, Christian Bale, and Johnny Depp in Public Enemies. Please, sir. He's the outlaw. The whole country thinks you're a hero. No one can resist. How long does it take you to go through a bank? About one minute, 40 seconds, flat. We're having too good a time today. We ain't thinking about tomorrow. Public Enemies. It was not Wait. the music I was assuming was going to be in this. Isn't it about the gangster, like Pretty Boy something was his name? Pretty Boy Floyd? Yeah. No. No? No, no okay. it's about John Dillinger. Oh. Okay. But I think Baby, Babyface Nelson shows up, too. But you know, uh, All these nicknames are so fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks like originally the writer wanted to write a miniseries, and that uh, about like all of Depression-era crime, these sort of, you know, famous criminals uh, and that would be a lot better because yeah we got you know babyface nelson and unless it's boardwalk Floyd empire and, which is not good yeah <laughs> yeah bonnie and clyde and you know yeah there was a lot of interesting crime and, and coming out of the era and sort of the interesting way that the media portrayed it and this movie stinks oh, <laughs> i never. never thought i would be so bored by something that's like, this is ticking so many of my boxes. I love history and I like crime and gangster pictures and stuff, you know, set in, uh, in the past or depression era is pretty cool. It's a really interesting time. You know, we got lovers on the run and stuff. And man, it's just boring. That's a bummer. It's supposed to be so sexy. Dillinger was a really sexy kind of guy. That's well, why yeah. he became famous. Well, it's, it's directed by it, Michael Mann. They make they make this yeah. movie every two years, pretty, and no one ever goes true. to see it. Ever. That's so ever weird. ever ever. I mean, yeah. Even though I did, I did see that Netflix movie with Kevin Costner and uh, Woody Harrelson. That's about the guys who pursued oh. Bonnie and Clyde. That's oh, right. which, pretty good. Which I encourage yeah. everyone to watch because it's totally pleasant to watch. Oh. But if you want to. Here's a, an anti-drinking game. Every time you predict the exact next di- line of dialogue someone's about to say, it's like, but it's like oh, every no. ten seconds. Mm. It's every ten seconds. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't hate that movie. That's unfortunate. Didn't hate that movie. That was. Uh, it took me forever to think about where did I watch this and not hate it recently. Like oh, yeah, whatever, whatever that movie is called, mm. which I don't know. Um, but yes, Public Enemies. Diana hates it, which I've never heard. Diana, you've yeah. never said a movie flat out. You never Jay Shermer a movie, as far as I know, in four years it's of doing thirty twenty ten. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can usually find one nice thing to say about a movie, no matter how much I don't like it. Costumes are pretty. Okay, mm-hmm. there you go. I like everybody who's in it. I mean, except for you know Johnny Depp. I want him to get therapy, but uh, at least the wine stains removed from his teeth. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody else, you know, I like. Uh, I used to say I didn't like Michael Mann. Can't. Someone Why no challenged me on it, and I I went through his filmography and I realized no, I just don't like Heat, but I do like Michael Mann. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you, Di. I'm the not. one person who doesn't like Heat. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Heat a lot. I thought no. it was alone. No, I like two scenes. Yeah, you can figure out which ones. You do what you do, and I do what I do. I do you do you do you <laughs> do we you do, do you do. you hear of Dido? She's good. <laughs> 
stupidest maybe. thing I've ever said. Maybe. Maybe that's what you say. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> that's so stupid. No. No, I had to put my uh, air my abortion. You're at least going to get that out there. Um. I should have aborted that joke. <laughs> oh, I love the show. Um, yeah. Now, some someone please make a good Dillinger movie. I don't know why this is so boring and not fun at all, but mm. it's not. It's not very good. Because yeah, even I, yeah. uh, especially under financial stress, it is nice to look back to a time like I could just steal a bunch of money from someone who doesn't deserve it and get away with it forever. Back in this era, back to a time where Ugh. eat the rich was a little bit more achievable. Meet a wild girl at a bar and just go on a fucking nationwide bank robbery spree. Like that's where I'm leaning yeah. right now. I mean, but then <laughs> you the are not is, far like off. there's no money to steal. Like you really got to find the money to steal. Like even Bonnie and Clyde, they made like. 60 80 bucks a robbery <laughs> they they really saw i mean that's what you're in it for the... there's points where the unemployment rate was like 26 percent. so no one has any money <laughs> so are you just gonna rob from other poor people or yeah go after like banks and rich people that's fun you gotta do it for the love of the game <laughs> yes, <there you laughs> okay all right fair enough uh, but yeah, it anyway. gets it gets even worse for television. Two thousand nine, January twenty, right. no June twenty eighth through July fourth, because uh, yeah, American Idol. I don't, it's to my knowledge, they don't really do reruns. Like it's always a new episode yeah. or it's nope. not on. But nope. and because of the news, they just re air. Uh, it's Michael Jackson themed episode from previous Ooh. previously in the season. Scraping the bottom yeah. of the barrel there. I mean, it. I don't know if you wanted to celebrate. It would have been a weird night to celebrate music and not talk about it. So why not mm. just re-air this giant celebration? Mm. I guess. And dance your ass off debuts on the Oxygen Network, um, a reality <laughs> okay. show about dancing. And, and I refuse to read another sentence. There's about a it. bunch of them out there around this time. No, they're not even celebrities mm. in this one. Just regular people. Just Who gives normies? a shit? Yeah, and like you could, you could you could hide a professional dancer in a group of people I don't know anything about. I used to watch a lot of So You Think You Can Dance, mm-hmm. but then I got really tired of all the hair dancing that happens in it. Hair dancing? <laughs> yes, like. <laughs> In all every dance class I've ever been in, which has been for almost the majority of my life, I've been in a dance class of some kind. You have to have your hair back because mm. it just is. Mm. You gotta, you know, be circumspect. But in yeah. so you think you could dance, half the dancing is some woman whipping her hair around. Mm. I'm not mm-hmm. into that. I don't know. Willow Smith made it famous. Well, and <laughs> it's in. Uh, and lastly, on Animal Planet, a show. Called Monsters Inside Me uh, debuts, and it's all about infectious diseases. So don't get too excited. Sounds like parasites. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think that's what it's about. One seat, one season. Who cares? And uh, yeah, two thousand nine in games. Here's something that got me a little excited because uh, I looked at this first. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, but I forgot they started doing this uh, before. Before people would weigh in, because because like video games take so long to make, and they tend to be only made at a big tentpole movies. Most of them aren't good. They started releasing video games based on movies a week before the movie comes out. So mm-hmm. no matter how well it performs or whatever the whatever the critical panning is, we'll have one week of like untainted release period to bring the game out. Mm-hmm. Which sucks because if you're worried about spoilers, there are spoilers in Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. The That's video game. The video game. Yeah. That's out this week. Um, I'm guessing the movie's out next week. Yep. Uh, and and Ice Age, the game, also out. Mm-hmm. Mega Man Star Force 3, also out. Call of War as Bound in Blood, a game I really like. A Western first-person shooter. Is this the one or the sequel where you play as a preacher who can like literally do incantations from the Bible that 
stop time and like fuck with people. It's good. A Blast Blue <laughs> Calamity Trigger, a game still played at Final Game Tournaments. Punisher No Mercy, a game I forgot existed, but a really, really good game makes its debut this week. Trine. Trine, a little game about a wizard, a dwarf. I don't know. Three, you have three people with three powers and you can cycle through them at any time you want. Just a mm. charming uh, little game that I think it's in its, its third incarnation at 10 years later. But Trine. Trine is new this week. And that is about it for 302010, everyone. Um, eventually, we want to get back to our com- our comment show where we uh, we where, where listeners strike back, tell us what they thought about all this stuff. The schedule has been crazy. It has not. We've not been able to do it. Technically, it has not been unlocked on the Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. But it has been unlocked in the past, and we hope it'll be unlocked again. And we'll probably just do it anyway because we like you guys so much. And we do appreciate like yeah. all the people who support us at patreon.com slash laser time, which support multiple shows and people and uh, reimburse them for their time making stuff for you each yeah. and every week. Mm-hmm. We um, need to go back and do comments for April because I want to read all the comments of people who agree with me about the Matrix and tell me how smart I am. I was looking so for that. I forget. Like I collected <laughs> all those comments. I don't even know like what happened. Like something bad happened. We couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it was. Um, and yeah, well, hopefully we can get back to that. We'll probably do something for you, but a little more regular basis if it was unlocked officially. So yeah, if you have uh, four or five bucks to spare every month, why not consider donating it to your ragtag indie uh, podcast network? We have no corporate affiliation, mm-hmm. not a lot of sponsors. We are almost entirely listener supported. And in order for us to keep going, we got to stay that way. So thank you so much, guys. And we encourage you, if you can, why not help Laser Time, Video Game Apocalypse, Bonus Time, new series possibly coming soon and uh yeah get rewarded with commentaries an exclusive show every week uh and more um but yeah check out laser time show uh, i think i what was the show i plugged earlier oh we did that one about smoking i think mm-hmm. we just called it don't smoke mm-hmm. uh an interesting look at how smoking sort of shaped media and s- broadcast media as we know it yeah like it really did and then the anti-smoking campaigns that came after it mm-hmm which mm. were indelible in a lot of people's memories. Yeah, I was, I was trying to phrase it as like someone my dad's age who grew up pelted with cigarette ads. And then yeah. in, in like a 10-year period, just like every ad was like, why are you smoking those things? You're well, dumb. They're bad. And the <laughs> like, anti... There are, how there confusing. Are, <laughs> yeah, the anti-smoking campaigns, some of which are the most effective public service campaigns mm. that have existed in public health. Mm. I know. I think, I think my qualm Weird. with them is they like switched over to vape. Because like they were doing such a good job with getting rid of smoking, like yeah. they can't keep getting funding unless they find a new enemy. And like I, as someone who partakes in both, like dude, vape before smoking all day long. Please switch. Don't smoke. Anyway, uh, anyway, video apocalypse as well. We recently talked about E three episodes hosted by Maddie Allen and Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Parez, um, Wiki Parez, as I tend to like to call him, because of his knowledge of video games is vast and deep. Uh, it's a fun show uh, that's both half a magazine, half a look at the the video game culture of today. Uh, Diana, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or at the show, follow the show at 302010podcast. It's the numbers 302010 podcast. You can see what's coming up. Like we said, well, there's a Harry Potter movie coming up, but there's all kinds of other crazy shit. Mm. Oh, it's going to get so good. Oh <laughs> This has been a fun summer. It's already been like a really fun summer. It's, and it's ridiculous. It just started. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Almost every week is, is an indelible classic, in, in my opinion. It's, it's ridiculous. Except for in 2009 this week. It sucked. Yeah, it's weird. That's weird. But yeah, 1999 and going to be super strong. And uh, yeah, we haven't even, we've yet to talk about Ninja Turtles and Fight Club. Get ready, boys. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I love Fight Club. Um, but who died? Who died this week? God, this depresses me. 
Oh, we've got so many deaths this week, man. Uh, 1989, we lost Jim Backus, who was 76. Jim Backus. Uh, you probably remember. Love him. As Thurston Howell Thurston uh, on Gilligan's Island, yeah. or the voice of Mr. Magoo, hey, or yes. he's in he's James Dean's dad in Rebel Without a Cause. I was very good. Gonna shout that out because, like, I don't I know that guy is two of the m- most iconic weird voices in pop culture history. Thurston Howell and Mr. Magoo, mm-hmm. and but yeah. he's awesome in Rebel Without a Cause. That movie's he's fucking so great. Good. I just watched it again. It's fucking phenomenal. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's a real deal. Jim Backus rules, dude. And then uh, in 1999, we lost Mario Puzo, who was 78, the author of The Godfather. Superman writer Mario Puzo. Sorry. Yep. Superman, (laughs) the movie writer, Mario Puzo. And Sylvia Sidney, 88. uh, Name might not ring a bell, but she was an ingenue. I mean, back in like the 30s, she's in movies. You might remember her as uh, the tour guide through the Land of the Dead and Beetlejuice, where she was an old lady already. Um, She's cool. Yes. I love that girl. I love that lady. Then in 2009, we lost Carl Malden. He was 97. He almost made it. What? Man. But uh, I don't know if you see a uh, streetcar named Desire or mm-hmm. the old Streets of San Francisco show with Michael Douglas or like a million billion other things. He's always really good uh, on the waterfront. I mean, holy shit. He's a great actor. And the kind of guy that's a face that's like, you're not an actor. Come <laughs> on. A real Jerry yeah, Orbach. No. <laughs> yeah. Just... He has a distinct face, but not a face that says, like, this guy's going to be a star. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, But with the deaths out of the way, we have to get to the rebirth. Okay, well, as I do every year, knock on wood, because we're recording this a couple days early, but if we make it to July 1st without any bad news, Olivia de Havilland will be 103. God damn. And still uh, yes. lawsuit winner, <laughs> Olivia de Havilland. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Plus it's semi winner. That was it was kind of a tie. I, I think um, you put it that she's yeah. she's the last living one of the last living links we have to old Hollywood, and she still has her bearings Absolutely. and gives an interview on occasion. It's and it's always fucking fascinating. Hmm. Wow. She's literally the last star from the thirties. Yeah. that That's we crazy. have. I think she's yeah she's the last literally. living Gone with the Wind uh, actor. Actor. Oh, yeah, she's outlived everyone in that by like forty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a star in the 1930s. Wow, that's so crazy. As Chris likes to say, cowboy times. Cowboy times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. I, I, every like every year, I start listing Olivia de Havilland movies, and it's like I've done it enough times that she's not actually the answer to the quiz. I just have to shout her out because she's awesome. Okay. The actual quiz this time is uh, 75th birthday, born Ooh. June 29th, 1944, in Grouse Creek, Texas. Goose okay. Creek, uh, he has 176 credits on his IMDb. Whoa. Uh, he played the drums for uh, Leon Russell on a couple albums and with a band called Carp. Fun fact so, I did not know. This is a really good piece of trivia. He was the last person ever killed on Gunsmoke. Huh. Okay, that, that's, that sparks something in me. It's not Tommy Lee Jones, is it? That's what I was going to no. say. No. That's not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Uh, he is a one-time Oscar nominee. Okay. Um, One time. And I went through the movies that he's in that we've covered, and they're not as notable. Like, they're harder to remember that he's in them than his son. His son was in Contact, Twister, and Starship Troopers. Uh, but this guy... Mark Van Diem? Has been in. No. <laughs> this guy was in uh, Suspicious Minds, uh, Lost Busey. Highway. It's Gary Busey! <laughs> wow. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Gary Busey, seventy-five. I'm last guy. I just I, my impression involves showing my teeth a lot. Uh, <laughs> I know, I none, see that. Yeah, it's I embarrassing because you're not laughing at my <laughs> yeah. uh, 
the vocal anyway uh yeah gary happy yep. birthday gary Busey. i hope you I mean, get well we, <laughs> we get well soon <laughs> I mean, we, we covered his motorcycle accident at the end of 88. So, I mean, no, I'm sure he did not think he was going to make it to 75. Mm. So, good on you, Gary. We covered his uh, motorcycle accident that happened in late 88 mm-hmm. and pretty well on this show. So, I don't think he or anyone else expected him to make it to 75. So, hopefully he makes it a couple more days and he makes it to 75, knock on wood. Good for you, Gary. Yeah, just a couple more days, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you can Hang do it, in Gary. There. We um, believe in you. You are a strange and entertaining person. Stay inside. Uh, Make but sure that... you wear your Gary Busey's helmet protector protectors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that about wraps up 302010. Obviously, this show is executive produced by Teddy Rossi and a bunch of other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time for the price of a cup of coffee you can support your favorite podcast network uh so please make sure to do that let's close out with wilco the song off of wilco the album okay funny yeah. by wilco the band by wilco the band and we will see you next week oh, this is a fact. You need to know.